Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The following episode for Chaotic contains strong, suggestive dialogue and content. Viewer discretion is advised. Good morning, good morning, good morning, happy Monday. How's everybody doing on this beautiful morning? Hope everybody had a safe weekend, a good holiday weekend with, with your family and celebrating, you know, Good Friday and Easter and whatnot. My name is Patrick L. Brown and I would like to welcome you to the Chaotic Sports Podcast. This has been one of the more intimate, in-depth series that I've done in the in my podcast so far. We're talking about the continuation of a series of which I started titled Making Your Mental Health a Priority. This is part four today. If you have not subscribed to The Grid, please do so in your Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you may listen to your podcasts. Make sure to check us out on YouTube as well and all social media platforms. You can also follow me on Twitter at Chaotic P. And on Instagram at Chaotic Sports Podcast. A lot to get into today. You know, before we get the show started, I would like to uh, thank you all for taking time out to listen, wherever you may be today. My intent with this series is to hope that everybody gets something out of it. If you're going through some things in your in your life right now, especially with your mental health, I hope that this this uh, podcast gives you an outlet and to let you know that it's okay to not be okay. This has been a very emotional series for me. You're more than welcome to go back and listen to parts one through three, which is available on the Grid Network. You can also feel free to comment on any of the episodes on Apple Podcasts or on YouTube, whatever, whichever the case may be. I've been very, very open and vulnerable with this because I feel that mental health 
is very important in our lives in order to function. Today, we're going to focus on athletes. Athletes need space too. We see our favorite athletes on the playing field, regardless of what sport it is. There's a whole lot they have to live up to. And with this particular episode today, we're going to focus on the af- the athletic side of it, regardless if it's junior high school, high school, college, even the pros. I'm even going to share some of my personal experiences dealing with the but with this as well from a sports standpoint. For our first segment of this of the show, expectations come with a price. When you are a very recruited and touted athlete out of in you know in high school, a lot of expectations are placed on these uh, young adult shoulders at an, at an age where they're starting to find themselves and understand who they are as, as uh, people. It grows and grows till it becomes an aura. It becomes more enduring than it is embracing and evolving. You start to gain that social media following from the fans, which helps grow your popularity in the world we live in with social media and technology. Everything is 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 to be too much. We put so much on these young athletes that maybe they're afraid of failing. That's why they push themselves to the limit because they know of the outside noise and the whispers in the dark that come with being, you know, a highly anticipated prospect regardless of what sport it is. Endorsements with everything with the NIL that's in play right now for collegiate athletes and junior high athletes and even high school athletes. The NIL is a blessing and a curse. Yes, these young athletes get to make money off their name, image, and likeness to, you know, support their families. It's a lot of money being thrown at them. A lot of money from corporations and, you know, for any and everything. They're making more money than some of their, than some of the uh, professional athletes to an extent. It's crazy how far we've come with the with the NIL of and whatnot over the last you know few years, it's also starting to have some cause and effect with you know recruiters who are trying to get these highly touted prospects to come play for their school in order to boost their program. It's 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 a it's a mess because these kids today are have more at their uh, at their disposal than we did growing up in you know the 90s and the early 2000s everything that comes with popularity in your sport comes with uh, a winner's mentality or as some of it some of us would call it the winner's circle in order to become a champion if you're regarded as one of the the highly recruited prospects 
you're expected to be in that conversation of one of the as as a great player. The expectation comes with the with the notoriety. You are expected to be compete for championships when you get to the bigger schools or you get to a, a, a well-known sports franchise that's known for winning. The expectation comes with that because if that particular team is known for it, for their success and whatnot, you, you carry that burden on your shoulders to keep it going. It also comes down to peer pressure as well. Everyone in your inner circle has only there for the ride or they're there for you through the good and the bad. When you have a a circle of individuals who have been with you since day one, those are the ones who are going to be by your side when the highs hit and when you're at your lowest point. Athletes today have been more and more open about their struggles of with mental health, and trying to compete at the highest level in their sport. What's crazy is most of these schools don't have the resources for these young for these young athletes, especially in junior high and high school and college. We want them to compete. We want them to be successful. But how can we expect them to be Successful if we're not equipping them with essential mental skills that they need in order to navigate through their career. Some would argue that, well, this is what you sign up for. There's levels to this. That's true. But also with that comes financial uh, responsibility. It comes with a, um, a pedigree of character and integrity and knowing when and where to not be seen in a whole lot of places in order to protect your image and your brand. A lot of times, peer pressure has a whole lot to do with that. We've seen that with Ja Morant, point guard, star point guard for the Memphis Grizzlies, and how every little event has transpired with him so far. There comes a time when you have to look at yourself in the mirror And even look at the people around you. Am I okay with this group of individuals? Are they helping me succeed? Are they helping me or leading me down a path that I that I shouldn't go? When you have the right people around you, you've got the support system. You've got a pretty good chance of avoiding conflict and controversy throughout your career. Young athletes today in junior high in high school and college. Everybody wants to be your friend because you are a popular athlete. You can go places and and in places and you know be in you know meetings with people you didn't think you would be in a meeting with. There's a lot of pressure on those on these athletes and it's best that we help them as much as we can. If we're gonna cut out all of the resources in order to save money in schools better have a backup plan and what's crazy and sad is when these athletes you know say that they're struggling with anxiety and depression and all these other mental illnesses everybody's ready to abandon them 
we've seen the likes of Naomi Osaka. She was rising up the, the ranks in, in tennis, in women's tennis. And just as soon as she does a Sports Illustrated swimsuit photo shoot and she's with her her partner, Corday, a rapper, and they're all snuggled up and on the beach in swimwear, a lot of people was commenting on it that a lot of people was commenting that she shouldn't be out there dressed like that. She wasn't on a playing field, but she was being overly sexualized by people who really didn't quite know the Naomi Osaka, the tennis player. They have lives too outside of the playing field. And when we hear about stuff like that, that plays with their mental health, ladies and gentlemen. The the rising star in Naomi Osaka struggled with mental health. She was very open about that. The media ridiculed her for it. Social media was making fun of her because she was you you can't wear you you can't be wearing this and you're supposed to be a role model for young girls. Ladies and gentlemen, Naomi Osaka is a grown woman. She should be able to embrace who she is as a young woman. She doesn't need conservative people who find it deeming tell her how to dress. And if it's if you're on if you're on a beach and you're in a particular location where it's warm, she should be she's entitled to wear what she wants. She doesn't have to answer to you. And it really irked me when these old sports writers and analysts and pundits was dogging her. They had no business doing that. And it's always when a female is popular, especially an athlete. They want to try to drag her. We've seen it happen with Serena Williams. When she was feisty on the court, she was called every name but the right name. But when a male athlete does it, oh, that's the competitor in that individual. But when Serena Williams was feisty, she got she got scrutinized and ostracized by the media. Peer pressure from everyone around you leads to mental health issues as well. Mental wear and tear as we go and transition into the next uh, segment. You get to a point where it's a burnout. Regardless of what profession you're in, you can get burnout on it very easily and very quickly. Too much added pressure from teams, the general sports media, and your family. Your family depends on your income in order to, you know, keep everything going. They depend on that because you're you, you're breaking in, you know, the funds to, you know, to support their their financial status. The organizations which you're drafted by and selected to play for, they invest a lot of money in you. The media is the biggest pressure of them all because one mistake and they'll be ready to tear you down we've seen this with many athletes throughout the course of sports you could be on top one day just as soon as you have one legal matter that comes up you're ostracized you're looked at differently 
and you have to regain their trust. As we've seen with Ja Morant the last few weeks and some other athletes, you know, Kyrie Irving and some others. Can't think of any off the top of my head. But at the same time, they too have feelings and emotions just like the rest of us. I had an individual tell me that athletes are millionaires and billionaires. They don't have the same problems we do. They do, but it's usually kept under wraps because of who they are and their privacy. This individual said, excuse me, if, what if Michael Jordan failed everybody's expectations? Would we, would we look at him differently? I said, no, not necessarily, because at the end of the day, as long as he's winning on the court, that's all that matters. If we look at through the course of MJ's career, we all saw the the competitive nature that he the competitive athlete that he was, regardless of what it was. We also found out some things that kind of question us how we view Michael Jordan. The greatest player to ever play the game of basketball, but had a competitive problem. And it was well documented. Do you think that that weighed on MJ's, you know, mind as, you know, being the best player in the world and all the endorsements and trying to focus all his energy into basketball and trying to, you know, eliminate the outside noise? That was that would probably had wear and tear on him. But the pressures of everyone around you to be this phenomenal talent could get burden you can be burdened by it exhaustion from pushing the boundaries exhaustion can be one of the more red flags in your mental health you're trying to do everything and keep everyone happy you are the the face of a franchise you're the best player on your team whether if it's you know, collegiate, high school, whatever the case may be. You've got all these cameras in your face. YouTube and all the social media platforms. You can't get away from it. There's too much added pressure. And when you start to slip a little bit, there's going to be some criticism. We've looked at this several times. We've seen it. We've witnessed it. The rise and fall of some good athletes who had every expectation of being great and fell short. The exhaustion of being mentally drained and then starts to affect your your physical and emotional health. Because just as soon as you you do something that's not what they think what they want you to do, yeah. They're going to be ready to throw darts. A lot of us today and athletes usually don't use the resources for what we need. As we've went through the last few years, more and more athletes are starting to speak out on their mental health. As I mentioned in the earlier segment, Naomi Osaka, 
was one of them. Kevin Love, Paul George, um, Michael Phelps, and at the peak of his his career, winning the gold medals in Olympics, and then all the peer pressure of being a great individual. Living on edge is another form of of mental wear and tear. You start to get weary. You start to get more agitated. And sometimes, and it will push you to the edge. People around you will tell you everything that you want to hear. But when it's something you don't want to hear, it causes conflict of interest. Conflict of interest results in ill-advised mistakes. It's sad, but even as athletes, they still have to come to grips of trying to live up to the expectations and where they may be in areas where they may be imperfect. Some of them come to realization that they have to just take time away to step down to say, yeah, I'm burnt out. But when your your mind is programmed and all that muscle memory, that's all you know. Keeping in keeping everyone happy because at the end of the day, a lot of people invest in you. Companies, corporations, all the endorsements that come with being an athlete. It's in your contract and to some extent about the do's and don'ts. Some of the companies, they may stand by you and some legal issues, but if it becomes too much and then it starts to affect their overall brand, they can cut ties with you. We've seen it in every sport just about. But when you start to give people too much access, you start to sacrifice your own happiness. And that comes with the wear and tear. Because you're constantly going from sun up to sundown. You, you've got to push yourself to the limit. And sometimes pushing yourself to the limit comes with self uh, self-infliction. Self-harm. Because once you start to unravel and the erratic pattern of behavior, you start to ask yourself, how did I get here? How did I get to this point of no return? How did I get to be on the edge? And people around you who expect you to do well are the ones who are the major reason for the burnout and the wear and tear. Your body's not able to rest. Your mind's not able to rest. Hide from the hurt inflicted along the journey. A lot of athletes wear that on their on their sleeves. Sometimes they can, on the court, they can be smiling and they look happy. But, at, but sometimes they look sad. If you really, sometimes they look sad if they're not focused and they're not playing at their, at the level we think they should be playing at. The things that they've suffered 
throughout the course of their life, they don't talk about. There's some people in America, not just athletes who have been through some through hell and high water in order to hide the 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 past. The hurt that's inflicted along the way with the emotional and psychological abuse. And when they lash out at the media and at their families and at their friends and the organization, they become public enemy number one. Well, you're a face of the franchise and you can't, you know, act like that. It's very true. They always say some things should just be kept in house. But in the world we live in, the media always has always got to be front and center and there's got to be beat writers and and plugs in order to, you know, say this is what's going on behind the scenes. But whenever you hide your heart, fans don't fans don't know that until the athletes come out and say it. Athletes have become more it feels like they're more open and they're more vulnerable. And I appreciate their honesty whenever they, you know, talk about their mental health. Because it's a lot. It takes a lot to deal with. Being an athlete, being a family man or woman, and just being being the best version of yourself. It comes with a price. Moving on to our next segment, social and personal issues. The media has a way of creating narratives about someone. It's a false narrative. How do they go about creating these false narratives? Is what they see, but they don't know that person. They haven't been around them long enough to have a general consensus of who they are as a man or woman. When you hear these pundits go on TV and they go on a rant. Some of it is biased. They don't know the individual, but they assume this is what they, this is who they are. The media in general, they just, they continue to tear down athletes when they're, when they're, when they're really down. You keep they keep kicking them. At the end of the day, athletes have feelings and emotions too. But the media will continue to write that narrative until proven otherwise about that particular athlete. You be the best in your sport, but if you come up short, they're ready to attack you. And they won't stop until You prove them wrong. As we've seen with LeBron James over the course of his 20-year career, the media has wrote this narrative that he'll never be Michael Jordan. LeBron didn't say he wanted to be MJ. The media wrote that narrative. They wrote that narrative the day he was drafted. You saw an 18-year-old phenom, teenage prodigy, 
go from high school to the pros and took the lead by storm. There were some media pundits then that said he would never, his game would never translate to the NBA. Well, I got news for you. All-time leading scorer, four-time NBA champion, four-time league MVP, and still playing at an elite level. What's the media going to say now? They're going to keep pushing that narrative. The day that LeBron James is no longer playing basketball, they're going to, they won't have anything else to talk about. The ratings of talking about LeBron James is good for them. But I go back to 2010, 2011, when he made this decision to go to Miami. How do you go from being the most likable athlete in the NBA to the most hated? You do you let, let me ask you this. LeBron didn't enjoy playing basketball during that year. He wore the dark hat. He was the dark cloud hanging over the NBA because of how he made his decision to leave Cleveland and go to Miami. Everywhere he went was booed. The media, they were throwing darts at him. And they still hold that 2011 finals collapse on him. If you went, if you go back and read that article that was posted, that Sports Illustrated did after he won his first championship in 2012. I believe that he said that after that finals loss, he stayed in his room for days at a time. He didn't watch any TV. That got to him, that mental wear and tear from everything that the media was saying and everything he was trying to do to prove everybody wrong. It was one of the, I could say it's probably one of the more toughest times of LeBron's career was that one season. He didn't leave his room for days at a time and he didn't watch any TV. And when he talked about it, and and I think it was in the Sports Illustrated, if I'm not mistaken, I remember reading it. He said it was, uh, it was just a time where he didn't want to talk to nobody. He felt like he he spent that whole season trying to prove everybody wrong, and he didn't have fun playing basketball. When you hear, arguably the greatest player to ever play the game of basketball, say that, that was an eye opening for me, as a LeBron James fan. Everything that he dealt with, through trial, and error, and triumph. He finally got to win that first championship in 2012. Family issues can occur during the course of of a regular season in any sport. Go through uh, the death of a loved one. You can go through, you know, personal issues within your, your relationship, your marriage. All this adds up. Which can occur. Athletes take time away to address these issues because at that particular moment in time, sports is no longer important. Family comes first. As we've seen with Golden State Warriors forward Andrew Wiggins, he's been dealing with some personal matters and was gone for an extended period of time 
the media was assuming that it was something within his within you know his family or in his relationship blogs and all these other youtubers were saying some mean and degrading stuff of what was going on first of all you didn't know what the hell was going on with Andrew Wiggins at that in, the, in that particular situation for the media and all these youtubers to come out and say oh it was so it was something between him and his girlfriend and the yada, yada, yada. Go somewhere and sit down. You don't know all the facts. Learn how to respect an athlete's privacy to the general media. The media will do anything for clout. Anything for clickbait. That's how they get paid. Get in front of a camera. Say, well, I, I think it was something personal and uh, his girlfriend or whatever the case may be was messing around with another individual. We don't know that. We did not know that. But you, when you assume, keyword, ass, A-S-S, that makes you an ass of the joke because you don't know. That's one thing I've seen with athletes. When they defend themselves and, and, and everything along that matter, the media gets pissed off. They get mad because an athlete stands up to them and puts them in their place. I can't say I blame them because at the end of the day, you're not talking about me. You're talking about my family and everything else. You talk about me, you're talking about my family. And I applaud Andrew Wiggins. For not saying a whole lot what was going on in that particular situation. I personally don't know what was going on. But trust me. I've seen a lot of YouTubers and blog sites coming up with any falsification that they can that they can post. Because in the world we live in, everybody clickbaits. And it's sad. That's a human being that was dealing with a, a personal matter. But when you take it to the extreme and you try to see what's going on someone within you know the inner circle or someone that's close to the, to the individual you put more harm on them than helping them it's crazy there's a dark side of this working in the media and some media pundits will do anything they can to be the first one to say yeah i, I knew what was going on with that situation I got sort I got sources telling me what was going on. Who are your sources put names to them? I love it when I hear people say sources. That is a cop out to my, in my humble opinion. If I don't hear it from the player itself or his representation, I don't believe it. That's just me. Cuz at the end of the day you have to respect their privacy in their life because we don't know what's going on i applaud the golden state warriors for not leaking out a whole lot of information with lucky landslots you can get lucky just about anywhere dearly beloved we are gathered here today to has anyone seen the bride and groom sorry sorry we're here we were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time <gasps> no lucky land casino with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry in that case i pronounce you lucky 
Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. They probably knew, but out of respect for Wiggs and his family, they didn't comment on a whole lot. You got to do what you got to do to take care of family matters. Even if you have to stay away from an extended period of time. Because at the end of the day, my family is more important than the sport. They're the ones that's going to be there for me when, whenever everybody else turns away. The media doesn't, you know, sign my checks. They write stories about me, but they don't know who I am. What's crazy is the media doesn't care. We see a lot of these pundits get in front of a camera. They go on other shows. They spew false facts. They don't know what's going on. But since they're so popular and we know they know that we're going to listen and tune in. That's what they do. You don't know the situation. But you say, well, my sources are telling me. Yeah, what did your sources tell you? Put some names in them sources. If they're if they're that big of a source, put their name on it. Keep receipts, as the as the kids would say. I got I'm keeping receipts. They will continue to dog and drag athletes, regardless of how much it hurts them mentally. Current events can inflict harm as well on your mental health. Within your social and personal issues. As we've seen over the course of. the Since the beginning of time. Athletes are often asked about. Social issues in the community. Politics comes into play. Gun violence. And racial trauma. When you see. Athletes who are speaking up. On these issues. Some of the conservative audiences have problems with that. They don't like it because the stuff that these athletes are talking about, the general audience, conservative audience, doesn't like to hear. They want to hear about, you know, you winning the game. They want to hear about all this other stuff. But athletes have become more vocal than they've ever been within the last, you know, two decades, within the last two decades. They see what's going on in the black community. They see what's going on in the political realm. They see what's going on right now with with gun violence in schools and, and everywhere else. They're speaking out on that stuff. Guess which athlete led the way for that? LeBron James. LeBron James is has been the voice in this in with these issues, but then our Within, within the community. Current events. Can have some ripple effect. On these athletes. They have wives. They have girlfriends. They have kids. And they have to stand up for what they believe in. And what's right. But just as soon as you bring. Facts into the, to the equation. Some of these media pundits. Are ready to tear these athletes down. And cancel them. Because they spoke the truth. The truth is like rain, ladies and gentlemen. 
doesn't care who it falls on. In the world we live in, the athletes are being more vocal. I applaud them. I applaud them because, to me, you win me over when you speak out on something that you see that isn't right. Mental health plays a role in that as well. These athletes are seeing the ripple effect of how current events affect them, affect their organizations and their families. These are uncomfortable conversations. They are very uncomfortable because not everybody understands it. We fear what we don't understand. And that's a proven fact. We can't keep hiding from the truth. Because one way or another, I could tell you about a whole lot of lies more than I could tell you about the truth. That's something I learned along the way throughout my life. Athletes, I applaud them and I thank them when they speak out about their mental health and everything that's inflicting in the world of current events. Athletes pay attention to what's going on in the world. They see how it affects them and they see how it affects people around them. Whenever we get on these uncomfortable conversations, it's better to listen from one perspective than trying to tear it down. In a room where athletes are signed to these big endorsement deals, the endorsement the company should, you know, respect them and say we we stand with the athlete on these issues and we will continue to do our part to use the resources we have to make it better. Those are the kind of companies you want to work with. You don't want to be with a company that doesn't stand up to systematic racism and racial injustices and, and all this other stuff that's going on in our society. To me, that's a bad look. And we've seen athletes that say if these companies' values don't line up with theirs then they don't go, they don't sign the contract. But the biggest athletes in the world are saying what we need to go out and change this. I may not have all the answers, but I will use the resources that I have to help to help make it better, to help promote change. When athletes speak out on that stuff with their mental health, the media is ready to cancel them. Oh, you shouldn't be talking like that. You can't say stuff like that. You're a professional athlete. You have millions and billions of dollars. You don't have to see deal with the stuff that we deal with. Wrong. You got to protect your, your brand and your image. And when personal matters occur and social issues, these athletes are very aware of what's going on around them. Something most athletes didn't have back in the day. Because they... If they spoke out on what was going on, they were probably cut. The media judged them differently. Just look at the the late great Muhammad Ali, what he stood up for, and how it affected the prime of his boxing career. Do you think that athletes today would have been able to do what Ali did back in the 60s and the 70s? Not too many. 
outside of Colin Kaepernick. Everything that was going on had a ripple effect on our mental health. Even to this very day, we're still dealing with the ramifications of things that happened in the past. It's just more in broad daylight with social media because everybody has access. Too much access. There comes a time where you have to sit down and take a break. Because whenever everything that's going on around you starts to affect you, harm can be inflicted. And that's when you know that something is wrong with yourself. Insecurities within your relationships and or marriages. A lot of this occurs because as when athletes who are married or they have girlfriends, whatever the case may be, there's always going to be access to whenever they go to, you know, dinners or stay at these five-star hotels. There's going to be a lot of people on the on the premise. But whenever you have issues that occur in that magnitude, it starts to weigh on you because it starts to affect your overall play on the court. A lot of athletes don't talk about their their personal lives to the media, which is a good thing. We see them in public, you know, holding hands or they're at these big events or dinners. But you rarely hear them talk about their intimate life with one another to the media, which I applaud a lot of athletes for that. We see them as role models, but they too can have issues in their relationship and marriage with, with, with some insecurity. Because all it takes is one person to say, yeah, I saw so-and-so with another individual that wasn't their spouse. Insecurity issues occur. Athletes got to get on social media and explain themselves. And the next thing you know, we've got clickbait. Athletes can't focus on their athletics and their sport without dealing with media trolls. Your personal life is often should be kept private. Not everybody needs to see what goes on in your your, uh, personal life. When you start having issues with intimacy and commitment and everything else, that's going to have wear and tear as well. Athletes travel almost every day throughout the whole entire year. They're around a lot of people. All it takes is that one individual to take a picture of an athlete with another spot, another man or woman, and it's blown into a rumor. Well, so-and-so's cheating on with so-and-so. That was just a picture. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. 
No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. But the media will twist it because they need the ratings. YouTubers will make a video about something that they know nothing about. But yet, they're trying to get their subscriptions up. So they use that as fuel to boost their channel. Networks, when they know that they haven't had a hot take in several weeks, that's one thing that they'll they'll try to work in into a segment. Well, I heard such and such was having issues in their relationship and their marriage, and it's affecting their play on 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 the field. You don't know that. Are you around that individual every day? Are you around that athlete? Are you plugged into their inner circle? Best thing to do is try to respect people's privacies. But the media, on the other hand, they're not going to stop until they get down to the nitty gritty. Or as, as, we, as the old folks should say, get down and dirty. Loss of loved ones and family members can be in a mental wear and tear and your burnout. Losing someone close to you that you consider a brother or sister, a second mom and dad, an uncle and aunt, that can be a part of your mental health issues as well. Because during an, a sports season, you have to take time away to go and be there for, for those individuals. And when it's someone in your family, there's a different feel for it. They had to mind the birds there for a second. They're they're out here chirping, but it's just crazy because a lot of athletes are under a microscope. Everything they do is publicized. Anything they say or do is ostracized. There's a whole lot of negativity in our society, but we have to maintain hope and that's what athletes are trying to do navigate through their careers take care of their families take care of their loved ones but when a, uh, a passing of one of a passing of someone occurs yeah it's going to affect them give them their space to grieve respect their space because at the end of the day athletes have feelings just like the rest of us our next second to last segment, timeout is needed beyond the playing field. This is very important because you have to have a therapy session with team counselors or an outside source or outside uh, physician. You have to start that, that process of healing. There has to be a plan in place during the season. If you are able to get your sessions with, you know, team therapists that are right there, go for it. A lot of athletes try to do that in order to keep it going throughout the season without hitting, without going through a relapse. Because team counselors are there to help athletes. 
because I mean you can't see your 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 therapist, your family therapist. You can always have a a, a team therapist to help fill in in that role. Outside resources to reach out to. A therapist, a counselor that you and your significant other agree to see during the off season. Because at the end of the day, what hurts you hurts your spouse as well. While they're trying to navigate through the career and your spouse is taking care of the kids and everything else, it's wear and tear if there's no communication with each other. A lot of our mental issues stem from lack of communication with our significant others. Not being open and honest with our significant other about how we feel on certain things. The media will find a reason to call foul play. Well, you know, you can't take days off throughout the season to go have your little therapy sessions. We need you on the playing field. This is another excuse for you not to be on on the field, on the basketball court, whatever the case may be. Do you think those athletes care what the media says about, you know, them taking a day off to go to see a therapist to help keep their sanity? What I don't understand is the media is so dark. They have no respect for athletes. They have no, they don't have a heart to some extent. They believe they should put, these athletes should put all their focus and energy into their craft and live up to their dark, sick, twisted expectations. But athletes are more aware than they were 30 years ago. We've got to give these athletes their respect and their space. The media doesn't want to do that because, again, in a competitive profession, there's somebody out there who's always going to have it's going to spill the tea. The media will damn if you do and damn if you don't. You miss the game, then they assume that oh, you well, the, the, the depression and then the anxiety kick in today, the and they can't play. I wish I can just tell some media pundits to just shut the hell up and stay in your lane. I really, I wish I could, because it it bothers me. Day after day, night after night, I hear media pundits just drilling these athletes about their mental health. Just remember, it could be someone in your family that's dealing with it. One of the athletes that I grew to respect, he's the quarterback for my beloved Dallas Cowboys, and that was Dak Prescott. Dak Prescott is a great human being off the field. I'm not going to sit here and talk about his play today because that's another topic for another episode. But Dak Prescott won me over as a human being three years ago. I knew what he was about, you know, you know, doing the, you know, during his days in Mississippi State and how he's been a great person off the field but in 2020 the week before 
the week leading into the start of the regular season in 2020, he did an interview with a with a with a network, and he talked about how he was he dealt with anxiety and depression whenever the pandemic started, and he talked about you know the death of his brother Jace who took his own life. He talked about how he wished he would have you know. If his brother, you know, his brother would have, you know, said that he needed help. And he carried those burdens, you know, after, you know, the passing of their mother and whatnot. Because Dak is the youngest of, of, the, of the sons and Jace was the oldest. Little to no avail, the great Skip Bayless, you know, on Undisputed. Great journalist moderator speaks his truth but that particular day skip bayless went on undisputed whenever they was talking about you know dak prescott he made the comment that you are the quarterback of the dallas cowboys and talking about something about mental health and all that makes you weak opponents are going to use that to their advantage and get inside of his head Skip Bayless pissed a lot of people off that particular morning. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And if that were me at FS1, I would have set Skip Bayless down for a couple days. I would have said, you're going to, he went, he, you're going to, we're going to give you a little bit of a timeout. You're gonna go to you're gonna go through a little bit of training yourself. Cause that was an egregious take to say that someone that was dealing with a, a very serious issue and matter, and you tell them that they can't do that because they're the quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys. He came back the next day before the show started, and he apologized. From that moment on, Dak Prescott has been a great human being. We can critique his play, but I'm not going to do that today because that's I'll save that for when we get to the NFL season. More and more athletes came out about their mental health during that time. Paul George, Kevin Love, DeMar DeRozan, and most recently, Andre Drummond came out and, you know, just talking about he was going to take time away from basketball to work on his mental health we as fans cannot get mad when athletes take a break they need a timeout as well but the media will use that as ammunition for clickbait and ratings what's sad ladies and gentlemen is that the media will not be respectful in any form. 
mental and physical health becoming balanced. You didn't have a whole, you didn't have hardly any health issues until your mental health goes AWOL. Because it starts to affect the rest of the body. A, a body can't function without a, without a healthy mind. This is, this is true to an extent. Everything starts within the functioning of the brain. It's how we think, move, act. Everything under the sun. But whenever you start having these physical elements, it affects your psychological health. You get injured, or it's a career-ending injury, possibly. It starts to play with your psyche. Like, I can't play the sport anymore that I love. I can't take care of my family. All that goes into the mind of an athlete when they get hurt. And nine times out of ten, they make a full recovery. But it's a process. Because they want to get back as soon as they can. But they have to realize that they just can't. It's not an overnight fix. Emotional barriers between teammates can occur as well. Because when their best player is not on the playing field, it starts to affect the, the team in general. They want their best player out there with them, but they too have to give their teammates the space to take care of themselves. When you have a strong culture and bond in, in the locker rooms, it makes it a lot easier to you know to talk to one another, to understand each other's emotions, what makes each of us tick. Sports in general brings people together. You build a camaraderie of friendships and bonds of things that, you know, it's much bigger than sports. Those are your brothers and sisters for life. But when you have the emotional bears within your teammates, it affects them. They do what they can to stay the course, you know, to keep the season afloat. And they understand that the best player on the team may not be available for an extended period of time. But they have to understand that they have to allow that individual to take a, take the time and space that they need to heal. It becomes stressful. Because guys who aren't used to being in certain roles have to fill shoes that they've never had to wear before. You always have to look at the bright side of it, the positive, and not look at the negative. Athletes are human beings just like the rest of us. You have to do what's best for yourself moving forward in your your healing journey. And also boost your confidence and your organization can respect it. If you're in an organization that has a phenomenal leadership, they'll they'll likely tell you it. Yeah, go ahead and do what's needed. We don't worry about basketball, football, baseball, soccer. Worry about your worry about your mental health because that's important. Family comes first. Bet your sport will be there when it's when you decide to come back. I wish more teams 
will respect an athlete's space light in that magnitude. Because at the end of the day, when they're no longer at their peak and apex and the fans stop cheering their names, that weighs on their mental health as well. They sometimes they can go back and they can talk about their, their greatest memories and the worst moments playing their sport. But at the end of the day, once they fulfill their career and their obligations to a team, that's when they know to walk away. When you've got an organization that is built around family, that makes it a lot easier for guys to come into the locker room and for athletes in general. They could come in, they could be themselves, and they you know use the resources that they have to help one another. Mental health is not an overnight fix. Players know that. We all know that as human beings. We tend to think that it's overnight fix in one or two sessions, but it's not. It's a journey. It's a marathon and not a sprint. You can't go to one session and think you're going to fix everything. It takes time. It's a process and there's levels to this. Athletes know that. People know that. Coming back to the fold. And our last, this is our last segment. Coming back to the fold. A plan in place to, you know, continue your progress. Meet with your team therapist, you know, once or twice a week or every other week. Make sure your, your significant other is good. Have a plan in place so you can keep this thing going. It can be a little tough between games, between walkthroughs and practices and everything else. But if athletes are serious about taking care of their mental health, they'll do what's necessary to keep this healing journey going. Because once you stop your progress, you're going to have to start all over again. No need to push or rush to get back to playing at full speed. Reason I say that is a lot of athletes want to get back on the playing field. And they get back out there, then they have some 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 little a little bit of issues. It's difficult to accept the fact that you may not be able to play at full speed right away, but if you gradually work yourself back into playing shape and get your minutes back up, the muscle memory returns. Understand that it's not the end of the world and end of time by, you know, continuing your progress. It's going to be a journey. It's a process in order to get the progression that you need in order to build yourself back up mentally and emotionally. Teammates gaining and respecting your leadership and your openness to being vocal about your mental health. A lot of athletes today have been blessed by opening up. They're helping others. They're helping fans. They're helping other teammates saying that it's okay to not be okay. A lot of them can help get you through your darkest moments in your life. We often look at 
some of our biggest athletes and the things they've been through through their life and throughout their childhood to get to where they're at right now. But when you have mental health that plays a role, it can be it can be a very stressful. Mental health was a real issue. It's a real illness. And I'm going to leave you with this. Timing is everything. Patience is a virtue. Take care of yourself. And I think athletes are starting to be more open and honest about that. And I do believe that we as people should give athletes the proper flowers and applause that they need. I'm going to share a little bit of a personal experience being a former uh, athlete, you know, playing rec ball and whatnot. Let's go and get our background music going for a second. All right. Before we get out of here, it's story time. It's, it's been a journey for me. To say the least. I've been through a lot. As you probably know. Being. You know. Discussing everything on this podcast. But I want to share a story. From an athlete's. Point of view. From playing. Rec ball back in my youth. I played basketball. You know. For two years. Whenever I was. Eight and nine years old. Let's just say I was the best player on both teams. Of my teams that I play for. In both leagues. There was a a game. In my first year. My team went five and three. We played eight games. We made it all the way to the, the league championship round. It was a fairly competitive game. I played a decent amount of minutes. I had a little bit of a rough outing on Forrest, you know, putting the ball in the basket, but I made up for it on the defensive side of the ball when I was able to have an impact on that end of the floor. There was one moment in that game where I didn't get a foul. I didn't get a call. I didn't complain and I didn't pout about it. But whenever I got down to the other end of the floor and went to go for a steal, the referee called a foul on me. And I stood there with my hands on my hips and I lowered my head. And I could still see my, my coach looking at me, shaking his head like, that wasn't even a foul? But it is what it is. My coach pulled me out of the game after that particular play. And I sat on the sidelines. And I was still cheering for my the rest of the guys on the floor. After the game, you know, during the, you know, the ribbon, they gave out medals at that time. We came back. But I wasn't able to make two free throws. 
Mind you, I had won a free throw shooting contest, you know, a few months back during that time. And that hurt me because I was like the one area of my game of basketball was good. I was shooting free throws. I was a good defender, but I missed two free throws. that probably could have won us the game. That weighed on me because I felt like I let my team down. But there was another play in the game that went our way. I took a charge. I made up for those two free throws. But it still didn't help help our team at the end. Because I missed two free throws the prior possession. They were doing our you know, award ceremony. And I can remember being on the on the court and I was upset. Our coach told us how proud he was, but then there was the best player on the other team who was a little bit bigger than me. He he tried to say something and I I just kind of looked at him like, okay, sure. But the coach in that instance kind of rolled his eyes at me and I looked at him and I didn't say nothing. I remember walking off that court that night and I felt like I had failed. The following year, I move up uh, move up to, you know, the B League because I played my first year in C League and then the second season I played in B League. My team goes six and two. We get back to the championship round. And for whatever reason, I didn't play a whole lot of minutes in that championship game my second year. I didn't. They had implemented a minutes restriction for for each team in the championship round. That particular instance, I felt like I'm the best player on this team. I've carried this team. I should have been voted league MVP for that particular season because I was putting up some pretty good numbers. My best game was 8 points, 10 rebounds, 3 seals, 2 assists. I did that in one game. But when we got to the championship game, I didn't get to showcase that. And that hurt me. Because the rules were if there were players on the team that had not played a whole lot during the season. Those were the guys that got the numbers, got the minutes. I, I think I played maybe a handful. But then going into that game, I played a position I never played before, which was center. Remind you, I'm the tallest kid on my team. But the kid they had me matched up against was just a few inches, was just a little bit longer than I was. And a little bit bigger, so it was a mismatch. I had to play more to near the rim instead of playing on on the perimeter. Because I could move sideline to sideline and run up and down the court. But when my coach put me in that in that position to play center, I failed. I looked at my coach and I said, I've never played center before out of all the games. I was like, this was unexpected. But they wanted a mismatch. And it backfired. I got in foul trouble early. 
and I was on the bench. But I didn't know about the rule of men, the menace rule until midway through the first quarter. I can still see my dad sitting in on in the crowd waiting for me to come back into the game. And I didn't. We had a chance to win that game. I wanted to redeem myself after losing the year before. We lost. I didn't have much of an impact on that particular game. Now that I think about it, that's where I lost my competitive edge in basketball. Because I was hurt mentally that I wasn't there for my teammates. I tried to play through it, but I couldn't. As a kid, you look at that and you say, if you had made one stop here and there, the outcome would have been different. I can remember sitting on the sideline and watching my guys out there struggle. When my coach decided to put me back in, it was near the end of the fourth quarter. So I didn't set pretty much second and third quarter and got cold after being lukewarm in the first quarter after, you know, after I started getting into my rhythm and get my shots. Well, once I had to go down low and play center, I got back down and I couldn't, I couldn't hang. I got in foul trouble. Little to no avail. They did the award ceremony again. I stood there on the loser's side. The winners, they were celebrating. I got my little medal. I went back and stood in line. I went back to the side. I went back to the bench. And I just kind of sat there and, and just had this blank look on my face. My dad comes out of the stands. And, and I walk over there to him. <clears throat> walk over there to him. And he's like, it'll be okay, son. You'll get them next year. You have to go through. You have to lose a couple couple times before you break through. And I looked at him. I said, I don't want to play basketball anymore. That that one game hurt me. That it affected me emotionally and mentally for a few days. I remember going home that night. I was so depressed losing that game. We didn't say, I didn't say nothing on the drive on the ride home from the wreck from the boys club. I get home and my mom and my brothers there and first words out of my mom's was mouth was, Did y'all win tonight? And I'm like, No, we didn't. It's like I didn't hardly play. And she's like, You didn't hardly play? I'm like, No, I didn't. My dad explained her how come he didn't, and he said, Well, they implemented a quote-unquote rules uh, minutes restriction for the starters because they wanted to get make sure everybody played. And now that I think about it, I think those rules were in place for one reason and one game only. Now that I think about it, those rules, those minutes restriction was implemented by the league in general. Because I was the best player on on our team. And we were going up against another team that had went undefeated. So the whole aspect of it was 
they're going to finish the season undefeated. Now that I think about it, it kind of irks me because, like, man, this has been over, what, 20-something years ago, 30, and it still irks me to this very day with rec ball. I remember going home. I was so depressed. All I wanted to do was just play Super Nintendo the rest of the night. I said, I don't want to do nothing else. I sat there. I played NBA Jam TE Tournament Edition on Super Nintendo. To all my, the 90s kids out there, you, you know that was one of the best 2-on-2 basketball games for Super, for Super Nintendo and Sega Genesis. I sat there and I played that for about an hour, hour and a half. Because it was on a Friday night, so it was a non-school night. My mom sat there and she watched me. I never blinked while I was playing this game. Hour and a half, I just sat there and played several games. It took my mind off of losing that championship game on that Friday night. My mom didn't quite understand how that made me feel at that particular moment. But she observed me. And from that moment on, I never played competitive sports until I got to high school. When I ran track and field. A lot of times, it's difficult to explain to young athletes that you're going to win some and you're going to lose some. But you got to live to play another game. I can still see my coach. I walked past him. He said a great season will get him. I didn't really listen to him at that particular moment. I was like, I was like, dude, I was like, that's besides the point. You should have been out there fighting for me, for our team, because you knew I was the best player on the team. But when you put me in a position I never played before, that hurt. As a kid, and especially playing basketball, I had grew accustomed. To being pretty much a point forward. I can bring the ball up the court. I can facilitate the offense. And I can anchor the defense. I was flying all over the court. But whenever I get stuck in a position I never played before. Especially on defense. Offense I struggled on that end too. Playing center because I couldn't get my. Couldn't get where I wanted to go. Couldn't get my shots. I couldn't get to my spots. But when. You lose that game, it kind of, it stuck with me. It stuck with me because I felt like I could have made a difference if they would just let me play more minutes. I didn't understand the rule at that time, but now that I think about it, it made sense to a degree. But the league wanted to make sure that our opponent finished the season undefeated. Because they never had any team... In either league, and went undefeated all season. My team was 6-2. and two. The team above us went 8-0. And, and we matched up in the championship game. What's crazy is, if I had knew then what I knew now, I would have been able to embrace that role. But I didn't. I don't know a whole lot has changed in, in youth sports from the time I was playing in the 90s. I see kids today, it's just like, man, you guys are just more skilled than I was. 
even at that time, I was still, still had a love for the game, but I lost it that night after losing in the championship. It weighed on me for a while because it started to affect my grades and then my home life because I never got over it. Once I started to realize that it's just a game, the hurt went away. So when I see kids, parents, and stands throwing fits and yelling at a ref and all this other stuff, it I'm like, it's not that deep. You don't have to get all beside yourself and put other people's lives in danger because you want to be a dummy. With that being said, that is all the time I have for today's episode of Chaotic. Make sure you like, share, comment, and subscribe to the Grid Network on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, wherever you may listen to your podcasts. Be sure to follow us on the social media platforms. Make sure that you hit that notification button that way when new episodes are released. For my show, along with my Lakers podcast, The Form, and other content creators on the network, you can't say that you didn't know about the Grid Network. Dare to be different? Step into the Grid. The new leaders in digital media, sports, and entertainment. Have a great week. Please continue to stay safe. Take care of your mental, emotional physical, spiritual, and intimate health. If nobody told you today that they love you, I love you. Even if I don't know you from Adam and Eve and what walk of life you are. Spread love and not hate. Because at the end of the day, it's okay to not be okay. Take care of yourselves. Have a great week. Be sure to do all you can to make each moment count. Be blessed. Stay safe. Most importantly, try to smile and lighten somebody's day. Let them know that they are loved, valued, and appreciated. This is Patrick L. Brown signing off for the day. Join me next week for part five of making your mental health a priority. Got a few more episodes to go before I take a little bit of a a break to recharge and revamp my show. Be on the lookout for some new content. Just make sure you subscribe to The Grid because that's where you're going to find all the content. I love y'all. Y'all stay safe. Peace out.
Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.